Brought to you by Soul Fire Productions. Hello and welcome to Mother the Mother. I am McLean McGowan. This podcast is an offering for all women to gather energetically, sister to sister, mother to mother, to co-create a sacred space for healing, educating, and sharing as we journey through motherhood and womanhood. It is such an incredibly powerful moment in time to be a woman, and I thank you for showing up on behalf of yourself and for all of the women in your lives, past, present, and future, to honor our matriarchal lines, all who came before, and all who will come after. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Mother the Mother podcast. I am your host, McLean McGowan. It is such an honor to be here with you. Thank you for coming here, being here as we gather over the airwaves, sister to sister, mother to mother, woman to woman. We are co-creating this space together and it is an honor. So thank you for showing up on behalf of yourself and each other. I'm so excited for today's podcast drop. Amanda came into my life via a friend on Instagram, and I had been alerted to breast implant illness over the past probably year or maybe two years. And I really wanted to do an interview with someone that knew about it, but I wasn't actively looking for it. And she appeared and I'm so grateful. She's become a friend. She has a wealth of knowledge Um, People in my own personal life have been talking with her, being counseled by her, and she truly is an angel in a world where many doctors don't believe women, think that they're making all of these symptoms up. We're talking about women that have suffered for 10, 20, 30, 40 years from implants, and no one has taken them seriously. So this is a huge movement that's gaining traction. I think in the next five to 10 years, we're going to see a huge change with breast implant application and certainly with the explant surgery. Um, Take homes from this episode where if you've been suffering from a lot of immune things and you do have breast implants, it is worth the time to seek out a really great doctor and um, get support and make sure it's with someone that doesn't call you crazy or that it's all in your mind. And then also, if you do move forward with the explant surgery, you want to make sure that they take the capsules out the scar tissue. Um, And we'll dig into that a little bit, but those are the main two take-homes from this episode. Um, Please share with anyone in your life that has implants, you know, knowledge is power. We don't have to come from a place of fear, but we want to help every woman out there that might need help and doesn't even know about this because for decades, we've all been told that implants are completely safe, minimal to zero risks. And now we're seeing that is actually really not true. And data was hidden. Hundreds of thousands of cases were hidden. Um, So anyway, I hope you enjoy this listen. This is a beautiful, beautiful share and Amanda's strength and grace um, as she's walked this path. So sending love out to all of you. J-Ma. Hi, Amanda. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. It's such a pleasure. And this is, like I shared with you, this is a topic that came on my radar about a year ago. And since I don't have implants, but I have people very that I'm really close with that do, it was something that immediately alerted me. And um, 
I've actually been holding the vision to have an expert on. So mm-hmm. when Dana, you know, told me about you and I started following you on Instagram, I just, it felt so aligned. So thank you for being here. I love it. Love Dana too. She's such yeah, a great Thank you, Dana. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've been talking a lot about a lot of different things before hitting record and before we dive into all of it, I'd like to just do a quick crystal card pull for this talk, this interview, any guidance that wants to come in through the form of crystal love today. Mm. A pulled agate, get back into balance. Ooh, that's kind of perfect. Yeah, okay, I'll do a quick read on that. Agate, get back into balance. Now is the time for mastering your sense of equilibrium. Reevaluate how you spend your time and energy to ensure your efforts are aligned with the priorities in your life. Choose to put the less important things on the back burner so you can give your full attention to that, to that what matters most. Taking things at a slower pace does not equate to a less productive day. Often it's just the opposite. Taking your time and distributing your energy in a healthier, more intentional way will help you feel more centered, enabling you to become more successful in everything you do. The core questions are, what are your priorities in your life? What areas in your life get most of your time and energy? Are these things aligned? Are you spending your time in a way that serves your intentions and supports a balanced life? And the crystal action is to affirm, balance is my natural state of being. Today, stop and take three deep breaths anytime you feel out of balance giving yourself the time to remember what's important. I love that. Mm, uh, that, that I think I needed to hear it. <laughs> Dr. Brenner told me yesterday, he's like, all of this is so much. He's like, narrow your focus. <laughs> and I said, you don't understand. Nothing can be narrowed right now. This is all vital, right? Totally. Uh, I resonate with that because <laughs> it's, it's like we're peeling this onion. And so all the layers are part of it and it all matters. So it is hard to, it is hard to narrow. Yeah, it does. It all matters right now. Yeah. So there's so much that you can share. I mean, I, as I was just saying, I think this might be like the first installment of this greater conversation, but um, today we are wanting to shed light on breast implant illness. What is it? What does that mean? What's going on? And maybe a good place to start is how you got into this world and, um, what you're doing in this world, I guess, is the first start. And then like how you got there. Maybe. Sure. Yeah. I never planned on working in plastic surgery uh, at all. Uh, my father was a doctor, but, um, you know, no aspirations to do anything. I, in fact, you know, I was very natural. Grew up in Northern California. We would spend our weekends in Santa Cruz. So very much like, you know, beach bummy type growing up. My mom has always been very natural. Um, you know, just from the way we ate. So we had, you know, just really great values around good food. My father was Italian. And then after he passed on, my mom married an Englishman. So as much as she still cooked all growing up, you know, these amazing five course Italian meals every night for dinner, then she started, you know, English foods. So we had both <laughs> cultures, <laughs> both wow. very different. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but at the end of the day, you know, watching my mom prepare dinner every night, that was just a thing that wow. when my friends would come over, my boyfriends, whatever, you know, would just be sitting around watching my mom cook every night was mm. the spot. And so, you know, I think that we all fall back on 
those values. Uh, so um, as I was a teenager and a bit rebellious and into my 20s, um, I had a very mild case of a tuberous breast deformity. And there are a couple of uh, breast deformities that um, that are most common, and that would be a tuberous breast deformity and Poland syndrome. Tuberous breasts, um, they just don't fully develop. And so, um, you know, you're always kind of waiting like, oh, like, are they going to develop more? And I was very tall and lean. I don't think I was meant to have um, large breasts anyway. And that was just fine. I was a ballerina, so it didn't make a difference. But I just wanted the little that I had to look normal. So I tried to have a procedure in my twenties to correct this. I always say like, if I had had Dr. Brenner back then, I probably would have just had a lift with him. He would have been able to give me something that I would have been happy with and moved on. But unfortunately I wasn't happy. And so then the surgeon says, well, we can put a breast implant in, which will push out the tissues, give you a round shape and make you feel probably more normal. Mm -hmm. So reluctantly, I did that in 2003. I did my research in terms of the surgeon. I went to someone who a friend had gone to. She was a female plastic surgeon affiliated with the university in my area. She was very conservative. So I thought I was making a good choice and she was fine. Um, she put saline implants in, very small because I was so thin, the tissue couldn't even expand that far. So I wasn't necessarily happy with the aesthetics, but what happened is I got a capsular contracture in one of the implants pretty soon after surgery. Uh, that's when I'll just say it in layman's terms, um, the implant feels hard and it can be painful. Wow. So generally it has to be replaced. Sometimes it can soften up on its own if it's minor, but generally it has to be replaced. So a year later in 2004, I go to replace them and that surgeon was on maternity leave. So I chose another surgeon. He was doing a lot of studies on breast implants for the manufacturers. My friend had just gone to him for her replacement. I thought I was making another good choice. And he said, let's, okay, let's replace these, but this time let's do silicone. Mm. Now this was 2004. At this time, women could only get saline implants. Silicone had been banned from the market. There had been so many women sick because of their breast implants and they were blaming it on ruptures, implants, rupturing, silicone, getting into the chest cavity, women getting sick. I'm sure that was true. And that did happen in many cases, but now as an advocate and all of the research I've done, I believe that there were also many, many women sick during that time from what I would later develop. And that is called breast implant illness. And you don't have to have a rupture to get very sick from your breast implants. So I do remember saying at 20, nothing, uh, wait, isn't silicone bad? Cause you'll have to remember when there was a huge Dow Corning lawsuit years prior, which is why these implants were banned. I would have been too young and I wasn't, it wasn't on my radar. 
Right. right? And I was not awake. So I would right. not have noticed. Right. And he said, oh, well, we've corrected all of that. These are going to be brand new on the market. They are so they're now the, the casing around the implant is so strong. You'd have to get a spear through it to rupture it. But he wasn't addressing the fact that you could get sick irregardless of the rupture. Right. Just how your body responds to a foreign object being in your body. Right. Makes total sense. And a foreign object that actually has 41 plus highly toxic chemicals and heavy metals, which was never discussed at that time. It wasn't even discussed in the years, as we'll talk about, that I was selling these implants. Even now, I've talked to surgeons who don't even know the chemicals in these implants. And so, yeah, so at the time, women were being sold the saline and they were being told this is a safer alternative, never guessing that the same, same chemicals in the saline implants that encase the, the shell of the implant is the exact same as the silicone right. and it has silicone in it. So other than the contents inside, right? Saline versus silicone, there's no difference. Right. So that's so interesting. Cause when you said that to me yesterday, when we were chatting, um, cause that's what I've told you that the people in my life that have them were sold that saline was so safe, but it's the same container. It's the exact same container. It's just the inside is different. So mm -hmm. your body's still going to respond in that anti-inflammatory way. If there is no rupture or leak. Exactly. Which is what happened in my case. They both seem to be completely intact. So this doctor, the surgeon said, we're even going to track you. We're going to do a study because these are not back on the market yet. You'll be one of the first recipients. And so we'll be tracking you. So everything will be great. Mm. I've never heard from anyone after I got them. There was no study that he was doing nothing. And, you know, I'm 20 something. I just yeah. wasn't, I was busy enjoying friends working. Right. I, I wasn't paying attention either. I and know, any I, side effects, you kind of think, oh, I'll deal with it later on. You're, you know, you're 20 something. It's like, that's probably not going to be me. I'm so healthy. And then I'll deal with it if I have to deal with it. Oh, you're invincible. Right. Yeah. I mean, I could have done anything <laughs> at that point. And I wasn't a sickly person. So I was really lucky in that regard, nor was my family. You know, my mom likes to remind me all the time how great our genes are. <laughs> I'm like, I know, mom. Um, so, I had never really been sick other than the common cold. And even the common cold, I rarely get, rarely, like maybe once every couple of years. So if even if somebody could have communicated that to me at the time, and I just, and that's what we're looking for with better informed consent, right? right. We, we need to know all of the facts. But even if they could have said back then, you could become so sick that you give up seven years of your life, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. I don't think that, I think I still would have done the same. And I'm just being completely transparent yeah. because my quest to look quote unquote normal by society's standards, even though nobody even noticed except me, right. not that I was doing right. topless, you know, right. wet t-shirt contest or anything, but like, <laughs> Nobody would have probably even known except me, but yeah. 
for me that that outweighed that insecurity outweighed anything else at the time and we all have I mean we all have that you know we all have something so Mm -hmm. that was your something and I guess you know listening to that the question is and maybe it depends doctor to doctor what did they know at the time did they really not know or what did they keep secret and hidden you know I really think that's the million dollar question and as I tell more of my story I'll tell you about a boss I was working for at the time when I could have woken up in 2017, who told me that this did not exist. Um, I, I don't know. I don't want to, I would never want to go into it. I know so many doctors. I know so many that I've worked for. I know personally that I know that there's no way that they would ever be doing anything that they thought was going to harm a patient. But then at this point, when there's so many stories of women who are sick, I am kind of scratching my head thinking, okay, so if you're still saying it doesn't exist and you're not even open to like, well, maybe, you know, science changes, something's clearly going on. These women are not making it up. Dr. Brenner says it all the time. These women don't know one another. They have no financial gain because you cannot sue. What would be anybody's rationale for making up and going through all of these horrible symptoms all at the same time, spending tens of thousands and more dollars for all of these medical treatments and appointments? It makes you kind of go mad. And then to then have to remove them. And in most cases, women really like their implants and they think like they're beautiful. So to remove them, risk the fact that they could leave a depression, you know, a deformation, they could, um, why would you go through all of that and have the same story that all of these women across the world have, and we've never even met before. Right. And that's just one, one of the things you sent me, the doctor saying, you know, we can't ignore that all of these women are sharing these stories. And I think it was, the way he worded it, I mean, he was kind of what he was saying, but it just, it was triggering to me that we have to like make excuses almost for women coming forward to speak their truth. It's like, no, we should all be listened to. And there are hundreds of thousands of women that have said very similar things or the exact same things. And then to have it buried or not to seen as really truth because it's not you know, studied, it's not in a paper, it's just so ludicrous, you know, and obviously we see this in other pharmaceutical things ongoing, right? It's like, there's no liability, people's mm-hmm. lives are ruined, they, you know, for speaking up against anything, um, when it's our bodies, and we're living it, you know, we're seeing it in real time. Yes, and, and Dr. Brenner says that all the time as well, you can't wait for a study to start taking care of patients, because yeah. let's be honest, there have been quite a few studies talking about breast implants and the effects negatively on the body. And sometimes they don't get published. Sometimes people don't see them. And so we can't wait. We're working on two studies right now. Um, and they're going really well, but, but these women are so sick when they come to us, most of them needing surgery, you know, within a month. So, and we see them all getting drastically better. And I'm seeing this with my own eyes. I'm not making this up. I don't have the, well, I mean, I know just from kind of holistic health 
why is why they're getting better. But for the Western medicine docs, you know, they're scratching their heads. They're like, how is pancreatitis getting better according to their blood test within two weeks of explanting? Wow. And I say, you could, cause that's the toxicity of the body. And when you remove it, the human body just wants to be in homeostasis and balance. Yeah. It's saying, thank you for removing the root cause. That right. Preventing. And you, and you see that, that that affects everything. And so it's kind of like, based on your genetics or what you have going on of why it would hit you in a different spot. But I mean, the list of breast implant illness is everything. I mean, it's, it's just, it's an endless list because it can affect you in so many different ways. Well, and that's a tough thing because then doctors do say like, well, look at all of these symptoms are for a million other things. Well, yes. Right. Right. Because Cause it's inflammation. Yes. Yeah. And then all of the systems in your body, I kept saying to my mom when I couldn't figure it out, Whatever this mystery illness is, mom, it's affecting and slowing down every system in my body. Like my body was talking to me and I was repeating it because I didn't know what else to say. And I would also say, I think I'm dying. I find so interesting. It's such a horrible thing I know to say, but what's interesting is how many women say the same thing. And it was so perplexing to me that I finally said to a psychologist who deals a lot with medical, I said, why would all of these women say that? Because clearly, I mean, I had to get up and work every day. These women have to get up and take care of their families. So, I mean, you're able to get up and get through your day, albeit like a zombie. And this, the psychologist said if you're slowly being poisoned, you might say something like, I feel like I'm slowly dying. So I don't know. I know we have studies now that prove that the, um, the shell of the implant can allow for these chemicals to seep into the tissue sometimes as soon as they're implanted into the body. Wow. It's just, it's just so astounding um, because it almost is like this wake up call, like we were saying earlier of, of course, you know, I, the second you hear this, you're like, of course, that makes so much sense. And yet it's something that most of us have not questioned ever and gone to all the experts, gone to all the things, done all the diets, seen all the homeopaths, you know, and um, it's something that literally, because we've just been told for decades that it's fine. And there's, there's very few side effects. It's very rare that we just don't question it. I mean, I see it since I, you know, I've been a doula and postpartum doula and Um, in the birth world for uh, 10 years. And, you know, it's astounding to me how women would be, you know, navigating breastfeeding with them and they wouldn't even think to tell me they had implants. mm -hmm. And that that can be a huge thing. It doesn't always affect every woman. it's, It's like, a very large piece of information for me to work with and helping them. And it literally doesn't even register. And um, it's just so fascinating. It's just interesting. It doesn't register because the doctors all tell you, no, these don't get in the way of breastfeeding. If you could breastfeed without them, you can breastfeed with them. In fact, I think it's interesting you bring that up. My mom's a doula too. And um, really, yeah, the La Leche League. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. She's OG. (laughs) Oh, my mom is so ahead of her time and so cool. Yeah, she is a trendsetter. And yeah, she is a G. Um, (laughs) So uh, I would always say, isn't this interesting? Because even though the breast implants, I believe, block your heart chakra, 
They can block off the normal energy flow to the body, right? Because now instead of the correct energy flow, you've got these two uh, foreign objects impeding that. Anytime you have surgery, you disrupt the natural energy flow of the body. So that's why I always have body work done after I have surgery to make sure we get things moving again. But um, my intuition was still there, but I would say I was very blocked those years that I had the breast implants. And is when I had toxins in me, I say I had toxic everything around me, like the scenarios in my life, like the men that I dated, the friends I had, a lot of toxic, toxic stuff. But I would always say the same thing to the doctors I worked for. Are you sure that I can tell women that they can breastfeed with these implants? Because see, something still was working. <laughs> Yeah. intuitively, I was like, yeah. I don't feel right about this. And to the point, you know, one of my bosses said after five times, Amanda, we've told you this five times. Yes. It's completely safe. I have studies now that prove otherwise all of these children who have attention deficit disorder and allergies and all sorts of things. And that's just a few of the studies that I've found. So I was right. <laughs> To say, yeah, to question my mind right now, it's like because you see where it flows downstream, right? Because when we're not told the truth and can really weigh the pros and cons as sovereign beings, we aren't given the capacity to make real decisions for ourselves, and that just mm -hmm. breaks my heart, you know, that it affects children and it'll affect their gut and their children's children gut, you know, mm -hmm. especially if you're unaware of how that it's an issue and then how to remediate it. And again, I'm not saying for everyone. I no, don't of know. course not. Right. I don't, we don't know. know, but it's, I'm it's, just telling it's you question marks. There's a, there are question marks for yeah. sure. Um, you know, you know, what occurred to me that I found so interesting and you could probably like run with this as I'm starting to work with patients now and they're go telling me their stories nurses as well. Nurses have gone through the same thing as I have. Wow. Oh yeah. No, our colleagues tell us, we know you're sick. But whatever it is, it's 150% not your implants. So these women don't get them removed. And then years later, you know, maybe eight, 10, whatever, years later, they're like, I'm just going to remove them. I just kind of want them out. And then they find that that was the source okay. of their issues. And I'm like, so they say, you know, thank you so much for speaking out on this because somebody needs to, from our industry, these are our frontline workers. Yeah. If we're all sick, how are yeah. we going to help others? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, I find that interesting. But the Very other thing was, even dentists kept saying to my, oh, there's no way it's your breast implants. They are completely safe. And I started saying, you know what? Stay in your own lane. You don't know anything about, about what you're talking about. Everyone was repeating it. Right. And so it reminded me, right, of Project Mockingbird. Mm. That's the Every, everything repeats the same, right? And so then when we hear it, when we only see that, that's we don't even want to question or we don't know we can question because like, oh, that's settled. And now as hopefully more and more of us are realizing is science is an ever going journey and process. Science is never settled. It's the antithesis of what the definition of science is. And, um, and you should be able to question science. Exactly. And it should be able to question science. It continues to evolve all the time. Um, yeah, like I had told you, the 
how this even got on my radar was, well, someone on Instagram I followed and she was, I kind of follow her on and off for years. Um, she was a raw vegan, like super, super healthy. And then she just started having this health battle, you know, very quick, sudden weight gain, foggy brain, couldn't get out of bed. And she was one of the most like vital women I'd ever seen. Wow. And so I started kind of watching her process on Instagram. And then someone else I followed a couple of months ago posted just this eye shot of right before getting her implants removed. And then two hours after yeah. getting her implants removed. And yeah. it was night and day. And it just was shocking, the mm -hmm. inflammatory response. And yeah. so just in layman's term, mm -hmm. for people to understand and see this. So around the breast implant, since it is a foreign object, our bodies are so smart and genius that they form, mm -hmm. is it a capsule? Is that what's called? A yeah, scar? Yeah, a capsule or scar tissue, basically. Okay. So it's basically mm -hmm. like a scar tissue forms around the entire implant. And then your body is using that as kind of a shield to protect itself. Yes. And it doesn't matter what the implant, it can be a pacemaker. It can be a chin implant, but the body is smart enough to form a protective scar tissue or capsule around any implant. Yes. So you have one for each implant. Wow. And so does that affect nerves? Does that affect blood flow? Or is it more of a thing where your body's just constantly fighting every day against that invader? And so it well, weakens the immunity. When all of these women started getting sick, and this is when I kind of caught on at the end of 2018 and started entering all of these private support groups myself and thinking I had just entered the twilight zone because one group alone, I don't even remember how many were in there at the time, but over a hundred thousand. Now there's 150,000 women just in wow. one breast implant support group. Wow. And there were over 200 on Facebook, the last I heard. Um, and then you've got Instagram too. Um, women started testing the capsules because they were just like, why are we so sick? In fact, same. I had Dr. Brenner swab my chest cavity. I wanted the implants tested everything. Cause I swore, I said, I have, I must have MRSA or I must have mold something because this feeling in my chest was so prevalent and never left until I explanted, I would rub. Isn't that funny? The whole wow. time you see me rubbing my chest for comfort, mm. still wow. didn't figure it out. Still didn't figure it out. I even went to um, a psychic that just deals with illness. Mm -hmm. I can't even think of it. Like name. a medical medium? A medical medium traveled to go see her in Oregon. Like I even like travel, like this woman was so good. She kept drawing. She kept saying, it's something about your chest. I said, well, yeah, I know. I'm telling you, like I've got pleurisy. Yeah. I've got costochondritis. Yes. There's something still never figured it out. <laughs> Cause I believe when you're not ready to wake up and I see it now with all of these people, you can say it till you're blue in the face. You can stand upside down. You can show them a picture. It, it, they're not ready. So oh. it really doesn't oh. matter. Right. Oh, uh, wow. That's so deep. Yeah. It's like the less, and I was selling breast implants at this time. So it was right under my nose. I'm selling the very thing that's making me so sick. Oh. So, wow. But, um, but so anyway, so I started working in plastic surgery to answer your question in a roundabout way, because after my experience, even though I didn't love them, I wanted to help other women. 
And that's really always been what's made me do anything I've done in life. I just really love that um, love language, you know, acts of service. That's how I express my love to people. Um, like do unto others. I feel as just, I've always said that since I was a little girl, I like making people feel good about themselves. I love being their cheerleader. Um, and so plastic surgery for me was not about like just big boobs and big butts. What I gravitated to were surgeries, let's say Mose repair for people who've like, yeah, because of uh, skin, sorry, let's start over. So I love, for instance, surgeries like Mohs repair for people who've had skin cancers. We can reconstruct their nose, their yeah. lip. Dr. Brenner happens to do that too. And it's always been my favorite surgery. People have had deformities, car accidents, you know, that you really see what a difference, but just in general, anyway, if somebody got a boost of confidence from getting breast implants or a, a mom who had had kids and well, yeah. I feel great about that too. Cause they were feeling great about exactly. themselves. And we, like we said, like we, we all have something, you know, I mean, I had acne as a teen and it was horrible, you know, and looking back, so I did Accutane because that oh, was like one of yes. the only options at that time. And I look back and I'm just like, oh my God, how did I ever put that into my body? But at the time I was so miserable, you know? Right. And so I have had to heal my gut and all of that. And luckily I didn't have any horror story from it, but Anyway, so we, we, we all do something, you yeah, know, I get it. And you know, it's so sad. I remember Accutane being just given out like candy when yeah. I was modeling for a bit, my boyfriend, he, at the time got one blemish on his forehead. It was nothing, nothing. And they immediately say, you need to go to the dermatologist and get on Accutane. <sighs> and my mom found out that he was on it. And she said, you don't dare you ever go on that stuff. Not even for a second. I mean, if you read. Wow the paperwork in it. And I just was completely unaware. Of course. Like my mom was unaware. You know, we just trusted the, the doctor, trusted the dermatologist and it seemed like a quick fix, you know? Yeah, I know. Right. It's instant gratification mm -hmm. that we've gotten used to and they've yeah. as a society. And that's why I always say, no, like I believe in an old fashioned workout diet, all yeah. of that. Like, I'm not like a big lipo proponent because I don't, I get it though. Yeah. Like, if you have, yeah. but I'm yeah, there, and it's, and it's everyone's choice. I think the, the biggest thing is just, we don't know, you know, we haven't been doing this for thousands of years, you know, same with, for me, like Botox or like any of the fillers, like, especially in LA, like people are doing them that starting their twenties. And it's like, we just, we don't know what that's going to be like in 50 years. Like what your face, is it going to be sliding off your face? Like, you know, anyway, but that's why I'm doing the holistic beauty coach because yeah. I'm so concerned about these young women. And again, I want to make this very clear to everyone listening. I am not trying to have implants banned. I am not trying to have Botox fillers, any of this stuff banned to each his own. But I do think that there has to be some sort of protection for younger people because they are looking at all of these Instagram whomever, Kylie Jenner, whoever. Oh and, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with what anyone is doing. I'm just saying, but when girls are doing Botox at 18, I know your toxic load, there is a tipping point. And we have so many more toxins in the environment that this is not the same world that it used to be. I totally. wish it was.
And infertility is up so high. I mean, how many IVF patients, you know, people in their young thirties now, that was not the case 15, 20 years ago. The toxic load is very different. No. And I see a lot of women who have had a baby with their husbands, no problem conceiving. Maybe they even had to get breast implants because they want to feel better. Have them such a challenge conceiving. Again, I'm not saying it happens to everyone, but I've met enough now. Um, do the whole IVF journey, all the money that that costs, all of the drugs now you're putting in your body, yeah. only to then eventually get sick and want to remove their implants. And then they get pregnant in their wow. 40s. Wow. I've had a, a friend wow. who has had two children now in her 40s after getting her implants out. Same wow. same partner. So you tell me, yeah. right? So I'd love yeah. to see a study on that as well. Because our bodies are so wise that we just, you know, if we could just learn how to follow our body's innate direction, we would just save ourselves so much time exactly. <laughs> and energy and money and heartache. So, I mean, it is very interesting because you're coming at this from the inside. And I think that's so powerful because you have seen so much over all these years you've been working um, with doctors and around implants. So for people listening that might have implants or certainly someone they love in their life most likely has implants, mm -hmm. um, what is the kind of start it like to proceed into this. So you do coaching where people mm -hmm. can reach out to you and just be like, what the F yeah, my, my brain is literally being blown up right now. I have these random right. symptoms. Um, like how, how do they, how does one kind of start this journey? It's interesting. So, so many different ways, either they've already kind of had this mentioned to them from a friend or a doctor Many times women will have gone through the whole Western medicine journey to not really get any answers. The same one that I went to where I felt very dismissed. You've just got anxiety. There's nothing wrong with you. I'm like standing there like the Michelin man with pounds of inflammation. And I'm like, nothing's wrong with me. They're like, no, you just turned 40. It's normal to gain a couple pounds. I'm like, this is not a couple bounce. Um, they've already been through that journey. So they've ended up with say a naturopathic doctor. And then the naturopathic doctor looks at them and says, do you have breast implants? And then they'll say, yeah. So they've either had it mentioned to them that way, or maybe they followed somebody on Instagram who's explanted, or they've been having friends explant. That's typically uh -huh. the way they get to us because they've now been sick for a while. So it's right. not like... And I always say to everyone, you don't rush to make yeah. a decision like this. This is a huge decision. And it could take you. I have one woman who's coming in for a consult this week. It's taken her 10 years. She's wow. been kind of looking into it, considering it, thinking this might be trying to see if her body got any better with anything else or any other clear diagnoses. No. So she's like, I'm ready now. 10 wow. years. Wow. Well, for others like myself, I found, found out in December of 2018 and I was like, okay, this resonates with me. I've tried everything else. I'm not getting any other diagnoses. Things are not getting better at all. Nothing. There was never a treatment, a supplement, a diet plan, nothing that improved. Now, if I 
drank my green juice, did my yoga and, you know, got my vitamin D, what have you, would things kind of stay, you know, they wouldn't get worse progressively, Mm -hmm. but nothing was getting better. When you've got a root cause like that with these toxic chemicals, it's not going to get better. I don't, you know, until you replace, you can just get by, but like, it was no way to live. All of my time was spent going to all of these appointments Totally. and the expense of it. Yeah. Yeah, It's a huge, it's a huge investment. Um, and I would imagine so many of the, the symptoms that I've read about at least are very aligned with Lyme or autoimmune, you know, kind of these mystery, you know, they might kind of seem random, but they all feed into the same feelings. So I would imagine when people come to you, there is so much trauma, there's so much PTSD, like so many years of not being believed or Mm -hmm. being made to feel like you're kind of crazy. So is a lot of the work you do in validation and kind of the emotional side of this? Yeah, because when I was going through it, I, you know, again, didn't know if I was ever going to get better, but I would have little visions of the future that I had gotten better, that I had figured it out and that I, I didn't know I would necessarily be helping people, but I did vow to myself. Like if I ever figure out what this is, I had nobody to talk to. It was the most isolating, depressing, dark time of my life. Cause here I'm like a people person. I've always got so many people around me and it's interesting when you're sick, people just kind of scatter. I even had a couple of girlfriends who, by the way, I had been there for every major moment in their lives from divorce to moving to helping them with their kids. And then when I was sick, one even said, I can't hear about you being sick anymore. And it was so crushing to me because honestly, I'm not even the type of person who would, was crying about it to my friends. I was just dealing with it for seven years. And so obviously, you know, I don't have those friendships anymore when the implants left. So did a lot of those toxic relationships, but, um, but so, and I always, you know, like I had never been sick. So I needed to go through the journey to see what women go through and see what humans go through and how they're treated when they are sick. And I just was shocked and am still shocked. Like these are the people who you're supposed to go to in an emergency. It would be like going to a a police officer if you were being chased down the street by a murderer and them just saying, oh, I can't help you. You just got anxiety. Don't worry about it, man. Like, so I would always say, it was like I was in the water treading water, like in the ocean, treading water. And you would watch the cruise ship go by and everyone was on there, my friends, my family, the doctors, partying it up, having a great time. Nobody was throwing me that life preserver. And so it's such a confusing time. You're like, why doesn't anyone want to help me? This is what I do for work. I help people all day long, every day. I comfort people. Why isn't anyone wanting to comfort me? They're like, they're, it's like, they can't figure it out. So they're irritated by me. I was, I became an irritation. Do you think that feeds into the cognitive dissonance of just, they double down so much or. I know this. I know that by telling a person time and time again, you're fine. Nothing's wrong. It severs the mind body connection. So when I hear things like that, 
I know that like there are just too many that tend to have the same practice in doing so. Not every doctor, but there are a lot. Were they just taught this in medical school, how to handle it at like a weekend seminar? I don't know, but I hate to say it's like psychological warfare on people. And it's really scary. And it's on women, you know, it's on women. That's what just, I find so infuriating. I mean, we see that in the birth world too, you know, it's like, um, because it is, it's, it's abuse, you know, it's abuse to not listen to people that are Mm -hmm. under your care. Yeah. I'm so excited to now be offering two group ways to work with me. One is Mom Club, which is a continuation of the Mom Club that we had going last year. It is now on a new platform, so it has evolved, it's expanded, it's leveled up. There are a lot more offerings per month in your membership. Um, it's for any woman that is walking her motherhood journey, so whether you have ideas of wanting to conceive soon, if you're newly pregnant, towards the end of your pregnancy, a new mama and her postpartum shift, or a mom of a toddler, a grade schooler, or a high schooler. Every mom or mom adjacent person is welcome. So hit me up if you have any questions about that. The second offering is Sovereign Society, which is my newest offering. This is a sacred circle monthly membership for any woman. You don't have to be a mom who has been navigating this portal the past couple of years, maybe beginning to think outside the box, um, curious about homeschooling, medical freedom, um, looking at things in new ways. This is a sacred space for you to show up, ask questions, share your truth, not be judged, not feel isolated and alone. And it's a beautiful container. We had our first call last week. If you can't make it live, the call will be recorded. All of this information for both groups is in the link tree in my bio on Instagram at mother, the mother. And you can always email me hello at mother, the If you have any questions, continuing to offer my one-on-one coaching. This is a very specific work for women and mothers on their journey of womanhood and motherhood. And it really depends on what you're working on personally and where you are in your life path. So the best way to move forward with me, if you want to work in that capacity, is to email me hello at motherthemother.com and we will set up a free discovery chat to see how I can be of service to you as you grow and expand. Generally, I offer a minimum three-month container because this is deep work and it's extensive work and it's a commitment on both of our sides to really get in there and make it worth your while, worth your time investment and your energetic and money investment. Um, I am offering right now for a couple of months, we'll see how my my timing aligns. I am offering a one-off deep dive for those of you that are not quite ready to go into a container space, um, but have some pressing questions or pressing issues that need some support, whether it's in the birth world, the prenatal world, the postpartum world, or motherhood realm. I'm here for you, and so that's an option I'm offering right now while I have the space and time for that. So if any of those speak to you or you're on the fence or you're just wanting to learn more, you can DM me or please email me hello at motherthemother.com, and I look forward to connecting. Thanks so much. So yes, if you haven't been feeling well for a while and you have a number of random symptoms from your hair falling out suddenly to maybe your vision being affected, maybe your thyroid 
shows up as an issue or doesn't, but you have, let's say, I had hypothyroid, all the symptoms, but my tests, my labs kept showing it was normal. But I hear this every day and it wasn't normal for me. Might've been normal for someone else, but it wasn't normal for me. Um, my breathing became very shallow. I couldn't even walk up a flight of stairs anymore. I was winded. I felt like a hundred years old. And that's what another thing women say, inability to lose weight. I could have eaten parsley, drank water, worked out eight hours a day. It wasn't budging. So many things. Um, Did you gain a lot of weight? Cause I mean, clearly you're so youthful, you're beautiful, you're naturally a very thin person. So what was that? Cause I know that's a very common symptom for a lot of women. Yeah. So it was an extra 14 pounds that I could never get off since the minute they went in. So even before wow. I got sick, I went, I'm usually, um, wow. I'm almost five, eight and I'm usually 120, 121 pounds. It's just like, that's for whatever reason, that's just my weight that my body likes to be at. So it was instantly up to about 134 from the moment they went in. And it was just odd because even my friends would start making those comments from high school, like, oh, because they would always tease me about being like olive oil. So they were like, oh, you're putting on a few pounds, just, you know, being funny. Yeah. I'm like, I know it's weird though. doesn't make sense for me. My body type, it doesn't gain weight and I've not been doing anything different and it doesn't make sense. And I still was working out a lot, but see the hormonal stuff for me, that's kind of what started. So had the surgeon really had me as part of the study, well, wow, I would have figured out things a lot earlier and I would have connected. Totally. Because that's the inflammation weight, which we see so much with women. You know, it's like one of the biggest signs, right? Like immediate weight gain that comes out of nowhere that has nothing to do with food intake right? or exercise output. And it's that inflammation. Yeah. And I had, um, I couldn't sleep at night. I, um, was having night sweats. I had a ruptured ovarian cyst. So then I ended up in the hospital with that for three days. They couldn't figure it out. That, um, that experience almost killed me. So then like, let's add more trauma to all of this more expense, right? $30,000 hospital stay for those few days. Um, oh, then they put me on Ambien which I quickly realized was not a drug that I wanted to be on just downright scary. Um, So do you see though, what happens? Yeah. We have the implants and now suddenly you've got a young 20 something year old who's now can't sleep. Oh, so here's some Ambien. Oh, you've got anxiety. Here's an anti-anxiety medication. (gasps) Oh gosh, your, your cramps. Cause now I had the most debilitating menstrual cramps. I mean, on the floor, horrific. Now I'm on naproxen for that. And then I had had a car accident two years before. So I was still babying my poor neck because I got hit 60 miles an hour from oh behind. My gosh. So that kind of traumatic accident right before putting breast implants in, my immunity had to have been down. My, my hormones had to have been all over the place. Even if implants had worked for me, that wouldn't have been the right time right. to put them in. Um, so yeah, so we start along and so it's all the little hormonal things, then my digestion. And I'm telling you, McLean, I've never met a woman ever, whether she thinks she's sick, doesn't think she's sick from implants, who's got great digestion and has implants. It does affect digestion and whether it's acid reflux, bloating, oftentimes they're bloated. I was never bloated. Could be constipation. It could be a whole host of things. 
but always a digestion. So then it started into the hormones, the inflammation, not feeling great, but still not connecting it. And then in 2012, so I got them in 2004, the replacements, little things were happening, but then it was like, boom, in 2012, minor fender bender, someone hit me from behind. It felt like a Mack truck hit me. That's how bad the inflammation now is. You couldn't even touch, touch me. I'm like, just, but I hear it from every woman. They're like, you're not going to believe this, but I'm in so much pain. I can't even move. I'm like, oh no, I believe you. I totally have been there and I totally believe you. Um, all all 38 of my symptoms came out at that point. Everything. Um, The shallowness, um, and breathing, the heart palpitations, the hair, I mean, you name it. So, so for women, if, yeah, if you haven't been feeling well for a while and you happen to have any implanted medical device, but especially breast implants, consider the symptoms. Um, and you can find them on my Instagram. You can Google cause net, well, duck, duck, go. I would, duck, duck, go. <laughs> I would <laughs> say don't Google duck, duck, go. Um, and then start thinking about it. When did these symptoms start? Mm-hmm. For some women, it's immediately after they wake up from surgery, from getting implants. It's not as common, but it, I do know those women. I just spoke with one this morning for others. I had said this to Dr. Brenner. It is usually after a physical or emotional stress to the body, mm-hmm. right? It makes sense. It totally Why makes that? sense. So then that happened in 2012 and then you got them out when? 2018? Beginning of 2019. Oh, okay. Wow. So yeah, sick and struggling. And then in 2017, Crystal Hefner, who was married to Hugh, oh, remember? Uh-huh. I don't know if you remember, but she came out front cover of like people. I remember that. Yeah. My breast implants, you know, are making me sick. I didn't really pay attention, but then like I heard it on um, a, a video and my boss at the time, not Dr. Brenner, another boss who was in his early sixties, by the way who then would have been very, very aware of the Dow Corning lawsuits. (laughs) He would have worked during that whole time that the moratorium on breast implants was set. So he's very clear that there was an illness, whether he believes in it or not, there is an illness associated with breast implants. I said to him, because I got full body goosebumps and I said, oh my God, is that what's wrong? I need to remove my implants. And he said, oh, Amanda, that woman sounds crazy. And any woman who would say that her breast implants are making her sick are crazy. Um, No, it's not your implants. And by the way, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Wow. So here I'm hearing from a man who really just does breast surgeries, is in his 60s. So he would have plenty. I've not had at that time, any women coming in complaining. He didn't really ever explant anyone either, mm-hmm. just replacements or new breast. And he was a great surgeon. He would do something later on that I'd realize, you know, morally, he didn't have the moral character of, um, of someone, but to, so to lie to me, so that it's my bad, I should have looked into it anyway, but I didn't because I thought this man had my best interest at heart. Why would he lie to me? 
why wouldn't he just say, you know, there was this one thing that women thought, I mean, you can look into it if you want. No. So that was an opportunity for me to wake up that I didn't take advantage of. So it was not until um, December of 2018, I went to a new woman for a colonic, but I was supposed to start waking up because there were other little things happening. Someone was telling me something about 9-11 that rung true. And I was like, oh gosh, I'm more upset about that than anything else. Um, and so I went for a colonic and at the end of it, I wasn't even really focusing on me not feeling well. Cause at this point I was so tired of talking about it. I just said, you know, look at my legs. They're full of edema. I, I can't figure this out. You know, I'm like a ballerina. Like I don't ever have all this water weight. I just don't know what it is. And um, at the end she said, I know why you're sick. And I said, oh, you do? Okay. You know, at this point I've seen 67 other practitioners. I said, why do you think? And this is just a really great colonic woman in Santa Monica. <laughs> and she said, because I've had uh, 11 other women lay right here on this table. They sound and look, because I was swollen and puffy from the inflammation, just like you. And when they get their implants out, they get better. Wow. And I said, oh, well, did you see what I do for a living? And I'm not remembering the Crystal Hefner thing at this point. And she said, yeah. And she was just so matter of fact, I love her for it, right? What, what is her name? Do you feel like sharing her name? Stephanie and um, okay. she's right on Wilshire and I'm trying to think of the name. Do, um, does she work with Lou? I think she no, worked Lou's with Lou okay. last time I was there. Cause there was someone, um, it's, anyway. I was just, that was gonna be a small world if it was the same woman. Cause I used to again, to Santa Monica too. Yeah. And more holistic practitioners are yeah. just to be a little more in tune with that. Totally. So I left not being convinced and kind of in shock. And I see it now with women when I bring it up, like they're just not quite ready, yeah. but I'll tell you every day after that, there was a different sign that I couldn't ignore from another friend calling me wishing me a, you know, happy holidays. And I said, oh, I'm still not feeling well. And he said, you need to call my neighbor. You sound just like her when you two, just, and I did. Wow. And she said, oh my gosh, it's your breast implants. I said, you're saying this too. I said, why? She said, because it happened to me and they've been out three years. And so then she told me to get into the Facebook group. And then I am reading post after post from all these women who sound just like me. I feel like I'm dying. My hair is falling out. I've got so much inflammation. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, I get it now. It's your awakening. And it right. doesn't happen overnight. It's like a series. Yeah, it's of, a process. Yeah. It's a process. So very confused, but still not convinced. Go for Botox the following week. <laughs> I mean, this is just being honest. Yeah, thank you. Please just do. Gotta be honest about yeah. it. Yeah. I had to go for my Botox, mm -hmm. uh, which I don't do anymore, by the way. And that that's a whole nother story in itself. To stop doing yeah. Botox when you've done it since you were 28. That's the next hey, conversation. Because I want to hear I know, about I'm that. I'm surviving, everybody. I'm still here. And you're um, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> without the Botox. So I went for Botox and I really loved my practitioner because he was just so silly and fun. And so as he's getting the Botox ready, I just mentioned, cause you know, when you want someone to talk you out of something. So this is the first doctor I've right. seen. <laughs> and even though he's facial, I still am thinking he's going to like help me feel better. I said, Oh, you'll never believe what they think is wrong now. And he said, what? And I said, Oh, 
they think my breast implants are making me sick because he knew that I hadn't been feeling well. Mm-hmm. And he put down the bottle, scooted his stool to me, looked at me with the most serious face. I had never seen this guy serious. He's always so fun and funny and goofy. And he said, Amanda, if that is what you think is wrong, you need to go get these out immediately. He said, I've just had six women, six patients of mine who've had to get theirs out. And he genuinely scared me so much because this is not his character. Mm-hmm. I said, I'll make appointments immediately. So I did um, with the first three surgeons in Beverly Hills that all I knew were great and had great before and afters. My friends had been to them. You know, I just, I hadn't worked for them, but I, I just knew that they were great. And I'm thinking this is Beverly Hills, the cosmetic capital of the world. I couldn't be in a better place, right? They're all going to welcome me with open arms and say, you finally figured it out. Let's help you. Mm-hmm complete opposite experience. They were just like my boss from 2017. This is not real. These women are all making it up. I said, I was just in a group with over a hundred thousand women. How could they all be making up the same exact story? I said, it's uncanny how similar the stories are. So then you're even more confused. Mm -hmm. And then they just push for the week and we need to replace these because you're going to be deformed again. Now I understand what they're saying that yes, when you remove something like this, there generally is a secondary procedure that's necessary, but to say that to someone who was deformed was just like, for me, mentally, Uh, all three kind of were the same, you know, and by the third one, I just said, you know what, you let me worry about what it's going to look like because I can't feel like this anymore. And I went home and it prompted me to pray for the first time. I've always loved God. I've always believed in him. I've always lived, tried to live my life, you know, knowing that he is always watching, but I didn't pray. I didn't understand that piece yet of prayer. I always thought it was asking for something and I'm not the type to ask for anything. I feel like I've been very lucky in my life, but I needed it. I, I felt like these surgeons were taking away that one little glimmer of hope. You know, it's like when you I use this analogy, it's terrible. But like if you were kidnapped in an abasement and you were in there for years, but you saw the little glimmer of daylight, mm-hmm. you're going to get to that daylight mm-hmm. no matter what I was going to get there. I needed to know because it resonated with me. I was like, I've tried everything else. I'm willing to take this chance. I don't care what it will look like. I mean, that's when, you know, when vanity goes out the window, do not care what it will look like. Just please get me well. We'll worry about that later. So I prayed and I said, God, if you bring me a surgeon who will remove these, I I even believe that I'll, I'll look good. I'm going to put all my faith in you. Like I surrendered and that's not easy for a Scorpio. Oh, I'm a Scorpio too, lady. Oh, girl. See, mm-hmm. all you, I always know the, the Scorpio. I know. So what's your birthday? November 13th. I'm the second. Oh, okay. Lovely. We'll have to chat about that. Separately. That's a whole nother convo. <laughs> so two days, three days later, I don't know what it was. I Googled again, explant Beverly Hills. My girlfriend was like, you just need to keep looking. And that was really good advice because I had a lot of friends at the time who were trying to keep me 
my frequency. They were like, not, not intentionally, but yeah. they didn't know they're, they were three D's. They're like, right. this is not going to be it. You're going to waste your money. You're going to be upset. My anesthesiology friends, mm-hmm. they're like, this sounds ridiculous. There's nothing wrong. And I just fought against all of them. I said, I'm doing this. Yeah. And even like men in my life, mm-hmm. I said, I don't care. I just, I'm going to do this alone. I'm just, I'm doing this. So I um, Googled again and Kevin Brenner and Kevin Brenner in Beverly Hills popped up and he seemed kind of familiar, but I didn't know him. And I just said, this is a sign. Go in, tell him the same story. And I said, I I just am ready to remove these. And he said, yeah, I think that then we should try taking them out and leaving them out. And I said, I agree. And thank you for having integrity and for listening to me and acknowledging me. And he said, yeah, I'm seeing it more and more. And he's reconstructive. Wow. So I knew it would look best too. Yeah. Yeah. So amazing. And then now you work with him. Yeah. At first I didn't though. Cause I was like, what am I going to do for work? I, I ended up going and working in hair restoration for a while because I was, I refused to sell another implant. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, from an integrity standpoint, can't. And at the time I thought, well, I'm not going to sell them until they figure out what's wrong. Now with all the damage I've seen, I just, feel like I would never sell them. No, I would never sell them. What am I talking about? I feel yeah. like I would yeah. never sell them at all yeah. after what I've witnessed and gone through. Yeah. And so you work with the clients as they come to him for explants or how does that? Yeah. So I handhold his patients. He asked me that after about uh, six months or more, he was getting so many women who were Two, having the same symptoms um, that coincided with breast implant illness and going through explant and getting better. He said, would you like to hold their hand through this? Because I just can't imagine what they've been through. Mm. So it works really well. We have an amazing team. His surgical staff is the same staff he uses every surgery. He's got a great coordinator and manager at his office. He has his uh, medical assistant She's amazing. She's been there forever. Um, And so they speak to me first. Generally, I get an idea. We speak, we connect. I mean, every single woman says it's so nice to talk to somebody who's been through this. And I just think if I can just give one thing, that would be it. Cause I had nobody to talk to. And the other interesting thing is a lot of times women will call and make the appointment and they'll immediately say, I'm explanting, but I do not have BII. And okay, that's fine. I, I, I think it's interesting. You know, they'll mm-hmm. start it off in a kind of a defense mm-hmm. stance. Mm-hmm. So then I'll still call and I'll say, well, let's just talk in general. And I'll tell you kind of about, you know, what I've been through. I send in the symptoms. Note, this happened just last Wednesday. She sends it back to me from saying she had nothing. I have every symptom on this list. Whoa. Wow. And the ones who don't think they're sick, I'm telling you, it's happened so many times. I said to Dr. Brenner, isn't it interesting? The ones who say they don't think when they get them out, they call me and they say, oh my gosh, Amanda, I feel so different. I feel so much better. I didn't even know. I know. Well, that's the thing too, is we get so used to just living and not feeling well. Yeah. It's unreal. I know. And you're giving, you're helping these women find their lives back. I mean, I just think it's so admirable and so powerful. And I love that he brought you on in that capacity, you know, to have a holistic view, even 
in Beverly Hills, you know? A hundred percent. Okay. First of all, plastic surgeon who has a patient advocate who's incredible speaking out. He's never, ever, I have so much respect for Kevin Brenner for this. I'm very outspoken, especially now, right? When you go through your awakening, when you, yeah, yeah, just, what do you, what do you have to lose? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah. My truth is just like runneth over. Like, I can't even like, he would say that he's like, stop talking. (laughs) No, but he has never quieted me. He's never told me, oh, Amanda, don't say that because my message is much bigger Mm -hmm. than all of this. And women can relate to it. And so I just think that's really admirable. I, yes, when I, he asked me to work for him, I said, well, we must have a holistic breast team. Mm -hmm. We have the first women's holistic breast team to help our patients pre and post-surgery, two naturopaths, one lymphatic specialist, a woman who does um, permanent makeup, but she camouflages scars and she creates- 3D areolas for women who have lost them due to breast cancer. And they're beautiful. They're oh my gosh. I just got full body chills. I know. And then we have one-on-one coaching with a woman named Sarah Ann Stewart. She's been through BII herself. Um, And we have Jasmine who has sono breasts, which is radiation free. Um, breast health checks, you know, so like a thermogram is that it's, it's thermography. Yes. She's in Santa Monica and she can detect lesions much smaller than the standard mammogram. It's radiation free. It doesn't clamp down. It's just like an ultrasound. So for women who have had ruptures because they went and had a mammogram, God, so we kind of have everything there. If our patients want to utilize these other practitioners, fantastic. If they already have their own, no problem. I'm just trying to more um, set an example. Mm-hmm. So then more people, patients, women get well. And so, yeah, to Brenner, I said, so we have to have a team. And he said, okay, fine. And if you think detox is part of this, awesome. I've never detoxed myself. But see, he was open as He's a Western yeah. MP that he was hearing from enough women that it was all because of holistic medicine that they were able to start totally it's stopping all the the pathways to detox exactly and so i said um okay he goes but you know as long as they know like i'm not a holistic plastic surgeon and i said you can thank me later okay because right we know everyone i speak to we all get it that this is the future and if you can have a practice that fuses both eastern and western so there's something there for everyone I don't know about you, but like, that's the kind of practice I would want to go to. Same. Yeah. Full scope. That's what holistic is, right? All the angles. Yeah. I was going to bring that up actually earlier, the thermography, because for instance, I was at my bio dentist last week and you know, the whole cavitations possibility, but that you go, I've got to go and get a thermography. And he, he was like, you know, we really view this as so much ahead of mammograms. And I was like, well, I've never gotten a mammogram because it just doesn't feel right to me. And he was like, you're lucky, never get one. If you can never get one in your life, you're blasting your entire body with radiation. And I'm not going to say that for anyone, you know, I don't know, but do your due diligence. There's yeah. a lot of connections between uh, cancer and all of that and the radiation. Mm-hmm. So um, the thermography can be used for so many different ways to see the inflammation in your body. So what an incredible yes. tool, like before, I would love to see studies before explant and then after. And I have that. them. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah, amazing. I did it. I did it. And I also saw that my 
lymph, like all of my major lymph pathways, my clavicle, my underarms and my pelvis were flaming red. And I said, this is what I was saying to doctors the whole time. My lymphatic system's congested. And they would say, oh, you're too young for lymphatic cancer. And I'd say, I never said cancer. I just said it was good. So then I started asking my followers, are you guys sweating? Mm. And they would be like, no, I don't, I don't ever sweat now that you mention it. Or they'd go get those thermography scans and they'd all be red in the same places. Wow. And I'd say, if you're not sweating, you only have so many detox pathways. So, oh my God. Yes. I'm just thinking of literally being in a sauna with a girlfriend of mine that has implants. And she's like, that's so funny. You sweat so much. I never sweat. Yes. And guess what though? We're wondering now if being in the sauna because it's heating the body up could even cause those shells to degrade more. I don't know. It's just, but it makes sense. But it makes these things. It makes yeah, sense. it does. Wow. No, right. And so if you're not sweating, you're not detoxing. So if you're not detoxing your, we already know your gut is not working properly. So you're probably not detoxing that way either. You're definitely having issues with your kidneys. I don't know a woman who has an also not detrimental, just like definite kidney strain. Okay. So there's your, another detox pathway. Right. Wow. You're sitting in your own toxins. I was sitting in my own toxins for years. It wasn't getting out. How dangerous. That's so sad. Is that? I know. I know. Wow. But it's all so, good because you know what? Get better. They are getting yeah. better. I yeah. can't say that everything's going to heal. We don't promise anything. We always start by saying we can't promise, but from what I've witnessed myself, from my patients, from all the women out in the world that I help. And I see all of these things get better. Sometimes if you've had like Hashimoto's or rheumatoid arthritis prior to getting implants, can't promise that autoimmune always heals, but autoimmune can heal if you put in the work. Totally, totally. Couple of quick questions because I can yeah. talk to you forever and yes. I want to wrap it up soon, but I'll definitely want to have you back. Yeah. Um, for people listening, what is, and I know everyone's different, but I would love to hear just like a, a quick how long it took you to kind of feel back in your body, back in kind of a, a higher level of functioning. And then also for anyone listening that might be in their 60s, 70s, or 80s, and that can be kind of a scary thing to think of going under. Um, and getting surgery, what would your advice be for them? Those are both great questions. So um, everyone's different. It's so fascinating. I just have a great picture from my patient this morning. I mean, you should see her face from yesterday to today. It's like, she looks 10 years younger overnight. And again, if you're not seeing this yourself, you might not believe it, but once you're a surgeon who's seen enough of this, you believe it. Yeah. Um, She even has energy already. So I don't remember feeling the feeling of energy, but what I remember feeling is I could sleep and I hadn't really slept well and not through the night for years. I can't tell you what that does to you. Just that alone, my immune system relaxed. So that's a big part of it. Your immune system's like, it's like it's on overdrive Mm -hmm. when you've got a foreign object in your body, because your immune system is doing its job and it's fighting it constantly. So I think that that's feeling that's kind of made me feel um, like this feeling of malaise every day. So that calmed down, that felt better. Then I started losing inflammation pretty immediate. I see that in everyone and like my hair stopped falling out. 
is, you know, it wasn't falling out like it was. So we're just seeing those little improvements. Then I was out walking. So then like the weight was going away. It was a slow process. And I felt like I kind of had these detox, um, a roller coaster kind of of detox waves over the first six months where I'd be feeling great. And then there was a day where I would just be like, I just need to like rest today. And you get scared from it. Like, am I getting sick again? And not, that's just normal. Like for the body's just healing. Yeah. But I would say it took about two years for me to get fully better, like okay. detoxed, um, gut healed, hormones balanced, thyroid getting better, etc. Now for women who are older, this has been so beautiful to watch because, you know, some of these women, they've lost their marriages, they've lost friends, they've lost their careers all because they were chronically ill and didn't have any idea what it was. So they might be figuring this out in their 50s, 60s, 70s. I have a woman who I think is close to 70, who's going to be explanting soon. She has implants from like the 80s, Yeah. but yet she hasn't ever felt really like she felt sick or hasn't just been aware of that or what okay. have you. Um, but then others who have obviously been sick for years. And I always say to them, I'm so proud of them. Ones yeah. that say, I know I'm older, but I'm going to still get them out because I need to prove to myself that that's what this was. Yeah. And I say, if you can get checked off and you're healthy enough for surgery, I don't think it's ever too late to regain your health and good for you. Mm -hmm. So powerful. It's never mm -hmm. too late. I don't think it's ever too late. Yeah. To reclaim no. your health. Never. Uh, well, thank you so much. This is such a great chat and I'm just so inspired by the work you're doing and to share you with my community is such a blessing. Thank you for mm, saying yes. McLean. I love it. I love to be part of it. We're all so like-minded. It's beautiful. It is. And I think however we're coming at it, you know, we're all showing up in service to women. And you know, when we heal ourselves, I do think it is the greatest gift to be able to share that with others. You know, for me, that was postpartum doula for you. It's this work, you know, and mm -hmm. we all have so much, um, to share. And I do, I do feel it. I really do amidst all this craziness. I feel the female power and the ownership and the self-responsibility. I feel like a tidal wave and yeah. just the women I'm meeting now and how they're showing up and, um, it's exciting. And I'm very excited as a mom of two daughters. I do feel very positive about our future. Yeah. Yeah. It's a rise of the divine feminine and it's yeah. happening. It's it very clear. <laughs> yep. Thank you. And I, I look forward to sharing more and, um, awesome. And also anyone can find me on Instagram for now yes. anyway, the uh -huh. holistic <laughs> beauty coach. Um, and so I have so much information, studies, every, you know, article you can find stories of women who have been through it. So I find that people like it. Even a lot of husbands are following me now. So I feel very That's happy cool. about that. Yeah. But well, I, they're finding answers too, right? For their, are, their partner and their, their families. Partners. Yeah. But I also talk about the food that we're consuming and chemicals and all of these things and our water and what kind of water to drink. Um, you can also check out my boss, Kevin Brenner, MD is his handle on Instagram. Our website is the same. Um, and I'll be over on Truth Social soon. But again, awesome. the holistic beauty coach. Great. And so people can book 
what, like 30 minutes or an hour with you if they're curious about this? Oh, totally. I, I'll do that. And, you know, now we just are so busy with our own patients that yeah. you know, my own patients come first. Yeah. But then with all my extra time, I'm doing fabulous podcasts and connecting with women like you. And um, I'm always happy to talk okay, to anybody. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. And your, your page is beautiful because I love seeing the holistic aspect to all of it because it all matters and also seeing the before and afters are super inspiring too yeah all right thank you so much thank you for having me